Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Third hour of the program on a sunny yet cold day here in the great state of Wisconsin. Packers getting ready for the 49ers coming up on uh, Saturday night. Don't forget the watch party and the Green Eagle postgame show going to be live in the Northwoods. We're uh, our first venture into the Northwoods. We're going to be at Loopholes uh, coming up. Mike Clement's going to be uh, out in Santa Clara covering the game. we got it covered all over, all over in every different facet coming up this weekend and really looking forward to it. So we're excited. And uh, the fact that the Packers are going back to San Francisco is nothing short of awesome. Uh, nobody expected them to be here. Mike Silver now joining us from the San Francisco Chronicle. I've been following his stuff for a long, long time. Mike, how you been, pal? Great. How are you, Bill? We're doing well. We're cold, but we're well. So uh, it's going to be nice out in San Fran this weekend. I guess 64 and sunny is what they're calling for, so it won't be a weather game. I'm not so sure about the sunny. I, I've seen rain in the forecast, so we'll see. Uh-oh. You know, we we can't uh, we can't compete with you guys on actual weather being a factor. But you know, I think rain would impact it. Uh, Brock Purdy in Cleveland this year had to play in the rain. Didn't go great. That was against the number one defense of the league. Um, so, uh, you know, there were mitigating factors, but that didn't look awesome. Trey Lance in the rain in the opener at Soldier Field the year before was not good. And, you know, John Elway hated the rain, and he's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. So it's possible if we get rain, that would make it interesting. But uh, we shall see. You have been in this business uh, a while, and I, I, want, I want to start out not necessarily about the 49ers, but give me your thoughts on what has transpired in Green Bay. Obviously, starting off fast against the Bears, they went through their you know down period of time, and then all of a sudden, things began to fall into place, and you watch this team down the stretch, and they've been extremely, extremely good. Give me your thoughts there. It's really cool. I mean, they're, they're clearly really, really well coached, so let's start with that. I know... Uh, there's been a lot of uh, talk about Joe Barry as a coordinator. Adam Stenovich as a first-time offensive coordinator hasn't gotten a lot of national love. And Matt LaFleur, uh, you heard a lot of, oh, let's see how he is without Aaron Rodgers. So uh, let's give this staff a lot of credit for having this team peaking at the right time, having a great game plan on both sides of the ball going into Dallas, and obviously doing it with a lot of names that aren't well-known nationally and, and are, you know, clearly playing together. So I, I start and Jordan Love, of course, um, you know, very, very impressive the way that he has developed. You don't see that model very much anymore in the NFL. Uh, the first-round pick who waits and waits and waits like Phillip Rivers did, like Aaron Rodgers did, and now like Jordan Love did. But I, I think if you can pull it off – uh, it's not a, a bad way to go, especially a quarterback who is coming from a little bit lower level in college, uh, like Jordan, um, in terms of non-Power 5. So, uh, you know, I, I really think it's a cool story. Um, I think when Matt LaFleur, uh, among other gifts as a coach, when he gets into a play-calling rhythm, uh, you know, other coaches will tell you it's, it's a sight to behold. It's kind of like, uh, when a shooter in basketball gets rolling, uh, you know, it just everything starts to fall. And uh, to see the way that uh, they've navigated this has been really cool. So what are the weaknesses as, as the Packers? Because obviously Matt LaFleur out of the Shanahan tree knows motion, knows movement, but Shanahan's offense and defense does as well. What do the Packers do 
that maybe San Francisco doesn't handle very well? Well, this is going to sound weird because on paper you go, the Cowboys don't really have, you know, on the ball or, you know, linebackers in the traditional sense. They kind of use them as extra pass rushers that run them around. Whereas the 49ers have the best linebacking tandem in the league in Fred Warder and Dre Greenlaw. So it's a much tougher nut to crack in terms of just softening them up and establishing the run. But uh, they have not tackled as well this year as they did last year. And last year they tackled very, very well as a unit. Um, and, you know, they have Javon Hargrave down on the inside, which is a, an upgrade, but they really opposite Nick Bosa on the edge have not found that other stalwart. They've been playing Cleveland Farrell, a former very high draft pick from the Mayock era uh, of the Raiders, and he's hurt. So now you've got Chase Young who can flash and make splash plays and obviously is ultra-talented, but doesn't set the edge as well, doesn't know the defense as well. Randy Gregory, another guy who can make splash plays, is kind of still acclimating. So you look at all of that, and, and with coaches as skilled as Matt LaFleur and Adam Senevich, and the way the Packers have that machine rolling right now, I do think there's a case to be made that they, they would be able to run the ball. And then, of course, that opens up play action. Now, I don't want to get it crossed up. The 49ers are just flat-out better um, on defense than the Cowboys. And they've got, you know, two really good corners. Uh, they've got savvy safeties. Uh, you know, I mentioned the linebackers. Nick Bosa is obviously a, as great an edge as there is. And you've got Hargrave and Armstead, who is coming back from a long absence on the inside. So that's a pretty good team. Steve Wolf knows how to scheme it up. Uh, you know, I, this could be a game where points are at a premium. It could be a little more wide open. But, uh, you know, the, when coaches know each other as well as Kyle and Matt do, it's less about fooling them and totally catching them off guard, and it's more about execution. Hey, that's my point exactly. Uh, we're talking about Mike Silver uh, with the San Francisco Chronicle right now, talking about the 49ers. I said to beat the Cowboys, the Packers needed to punch them in the face early. The Cowboys get stunned, like maybe they can't turn the spigot off and can't figure out a way out of the paper bag, so to speak. And then they go back to Dak being Dak, and the Cowboys start to go, oh, here we go again. I don't see the 49ers doing that. Do they have panic in them or, or that stunned silence in them at all? No. And first of all, with Dallas, uh, I don't care if the Cowboys were up 21 nothing in that game, and I know they're front runners. I still think the Packers were winning that game. They just, you know, when it started to tighten up a little, and, you know, I think naturally Packer fans got a little worried. I was laughing. I was like, they might drop 60 on them. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I saw that as a, as a, just a complete uh, annihilation. Now, um, if the Cowboys are the ultimate front runners, I think this is a, a really interesting thing to study in that, you know, one of the criticisms of the Shanahan era 49ers has been that they're not built to come from behind and they haven't really done it much. Now there've been some crisis situations, you can point to the last game of the 21 regular season. They're playing the Rams, ultimate Super Bowl champs, on the road. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo brought them back from 17 down. They had to drive down and score a touchdown to force overtime and then win just to make the playoffs. So it can be done, but they are clearly constructed to 
not have to play from behind. I do think it's natural when you're a number one seed at home, expected to win, that when it gets weird for a while early that you start pressing. So, no, I don't think they'll panic, and I don't think it's implausible that they could win that kind of game. But their preferred kind of game is is not that. Um, I I do think Brock Purdy, though he's very young and hasn't played much, uh, has the absolute mentality to be able to deal with any adversity uh, in games. But, yeah, it would be – if you're a Packer fan, you're wondering – you'd like to put that theory to the test. There's some – there's right. some various numbers on this you could search on Shanahan teams in San Francisco having to come from behind. But you would love to be seeing those numbers popping up on your social media in the third quarter going, hmm, let's see if uh, he can define that trend. Well, Brock Purdy this year, Cincinnati got to him. They picked him off a few times. Certainly Baltimore got to him. What is the uh, the trick to getting to Brock Purdy? Well, I mean, any quarterback is going to – have issues when you are absolutely pressuring him, right? Um, And and that's anyone. Now, the Lamar Jacksons and Josh Allens of the world can, you know, mitigate that by just, you know, doing insanely athletic things, uh, which I don't think Brock Purdy falls into that category. But he's more athletic than I think a lot of people give him credit for. He's very, very good at moving in the pocket, pocket awareness. He can extend plays. He can uh, get outside the pocket and extend plays. And he, uh, you know, don't let the, uh, you know, don't let the look fool you. He looks like he's going to class at Iowa State. And, uh, you know, he's young, but he is an assassin. Uh, He has a lot of swag. He's got a little bit of farve in him. He thinks he can fit balls into crazy places and isn't afraid to try. Uh, And he is, very, very, very uh, accurate. So uh, I, I think, you know, if you look at Purdy's struggles, and there haven't been many since he took over last year, um, you know, they Cleveland with some rain and with a really good defense um, got to him. Now, he did lead them down for what would have been a game-winning come-from-behind drive, but the kicker missed. Uh, so give him credit for that. Then they went to... Minnesota, he did throw a couple of picks, but he also, it turned out, was concussed. So it's tough to know if that played a role. And then uh, against the Bengals, they just absolutely couldn't stop Joe Burrow. I've never seen a team that needed a buy more. They just looked exhausted, and, and that buy obviously really helped them. The Baltimore game was a mess from the start, um, and, yeah, he did not play great in that but i don't think brock purdy is going to struggle i think brock purdy will play really really jordan love on the big stage i'm thinking there's a a good case to be made that jordan jordan love's not going to crumble either which excites me even more about this game real quick before i let you go do you think uh, the only other factor in all of this could it be the rust factor i mean they haven't played meaningful football in a couple of weeks they get some time off and you got to come back and get that timing all over again. Could could that be any kind of a factor in this game at all? Yeah, you always wonder. On the other hand, as I said, I've never seen a team that needed a buy more than they did back in uh, early November. And uh, they have a lot of older guys and a lot of guys who've played a lot of football who are key players. They play so hard and physically. So I, I was on the rest 
side of the rest versus rust equation with this particular team, especially. But yeah, you always, you know, it's all of that. You're supposed to win. You maybe don't, you know, you, you, you rusty. It goes bad early. You haven't come from behind a lot. All of that could theoretically snowball and you're playing a team that clearly has the right vibe. And, and it, it honestly reminds me of the early Rogers Packers vibe. In other words, uh, you know, this young quarterback kind of came up with these young guys and they're rallying around him. Uh, you know, you know how hard I thought uh, I, I fought to try to get the Packers to load up around Aaron Rodgers and maximize that window. And I thought they failed him. And I was very much critical of that. But after last year where it just clearly was time to move on and it, it went a year too long, you got to give Brian Gutekunst and that organization a lot of credit. They believed that if they moved on and, and built it around Jordan Love, that they could have something. And they've got coaches who are able to, to help make that happen. So the Packers are a really dangerous team. They're playing for each other. They're, uh, they're getting better. And I don't think they're going to be freaked out by the moment. Mike, great stuff as always. Uh, are you going to be at Super Bowl? Are we going to see you out in Vegas this year? I believe you will, but uh, you know we'll see. Uh, we'll see which teams are there. That's the fun part. Great stuff, Mike. Well, we always enjoy talking to you, pal. Appreciate you taking the time, and then we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Good talking to you. Absolutely. Enjoy the game. There you go, Mike Silver. I uh, Mike's such a good dude. I I worked with Mike a, a couple of different times doing some stuff when he was with the NFL Network, and I uh, was doing some stuff with the Packers at the time, and he's just such a, a fun guy, and he did so many different features on the Packers, on Rodgers. He was kind of a Rodgers guy for a while, too, but uh, incredible insight. And uh, then, like he said, he was one of the guys, too, that was leading the charge to say, look, Goody, it's done. It's done. Uh, move Aaron. When I was even thinking, you know, hey, you load up, you finally, you know, make one more run at it or what have you. But uh, he was like, nope, it's time. Time to go. So he was uh, he was even more of a realist than I was at the time. But Mike's always a great guy to pick the mind of. So good stuff. Mike Silver from uh, from uh, the San Francisco Chronicle and also uh, just a great guy from the NFL Network. We've known for years and years and years. Hey, uh, speaking of great people and great stuff, that's our friends over there at Quick Trip. Now, if you want to stop in and get some of the fried chicken, oh, my. So good, so good. And the whole roasted chicken, $5.99 every Monday, which was yesterday, but every every Wednesday, tomorrow, $9.99 for the jumbo chicken, ten, uh, chicken tenders. So you can load up on chicken. Or if you're going to go in for the staples, the bread, the milk, the eggs, all that kind of stuff, gallon of milk, uh, the uh, the Nature's Touch milk, $2.99 a gallon right now. But don't forget, always, every time you go in, you got to use that quick rewards card and uh, earn yourself uh, either some less pain at the pump or maybe a free sandwich, or whatever it is they got going on. Get registered for it. Earn it. You've earned it. That's our friends at Quick Trip. And as they say, see you next time. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome in uh, a new uh, supporter of the program. Wants to be a part of our Super Bowl coverage. Wants to be a part of the uh, motorcycle ride coming up this year. And it is Sobelman's. I 
And I'm sure if you just Google Sobelman's uh, Bloody Mary, it looks like a meal within itself. It's massive. Everything from full chickens and pizzas and all kinds of stuff all over these things. There's the original, the original Sobelman's, uh, which is uh, downtown Milwaukee. And that is right there on St. Paul. Uh, or now they have one in Waukesha. Did you know that? There was one out in Waukesha right out here by me. Uh, we stumbled across right across from uh, the street from La Estacion that I've been to many a times. And Sobelman's of Waukesha. And they're known for their Bloody Marys and they're known for their burgers. If you're just looking for either, that is uh, the place to go. Sobelman's on, uh, uh, on St. Paul. You can find them and uh, the one that's in Waukesha, uh, again in Waukesha, for both takeout and delivery. The one in Waukesha is right on William Street in Waukesha, 320, or 332 William Street in Waukesha. Either way, you go to SobelmansPubAndGrill.com. That's SobelmansPubAndGrill.com to see all that they have to offer. And uh, whether it's the Bloody Marys that uh, they are so known for or just the big burger menu. They've got uh, the burgers, the big bacon cheese cracks as they have it, the big Milwaukee, Milwaukee pretzel company pretzel they have. They've got jalapeno cheese balls, the big burgers, uh, the Southwest chicken, the big uh, cordon blue burger, or the bomb. There's Dave's Fave, which is the big giant cheddar cheese, uh, big burger that they have, the Windmere Melt, the Dino. I mean, I can go on and on. They, they, it's just a, the, the Sobelman, which is big American and Swiss and cheddar and topped with bacon and caramelized onions and diced jalapenos, and it's huge. So, you cannot go wrong. That's our friends at Sobelman's Pub and Grill. And as they say, where you want to meet? Sobelman's. Sobelman's. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, real quick, let's go north. Our buddy of Mike Clement standing by. Mike, how you doing, pal? I'm good. How are you today, pal? We're doing great. What you got? Well, you know, first of all, I just wanted to talk about uh, the loss of uh, uh, Kingsley, J.J. and Nickbari. They call him, you know, J.J. That was his uh, nickname as a kid out of Atlanta, a guy that uh, did a feature on last year because I just he really impressed me the first month or two in his special teams play. And when they got him into rotation, and then when Sean Gary got down, well, that was actually his opportunity to get a lot more snaps. So uh, there's like four minutes left in the Cowboys game, and he gets tangled up in, in a pile there, and they're looking at his knee, and uh, all the other outside linebackers uh, from, you know, Rashawn and Lucas Van Ness and uh, and Preston. I mean, you know, Rashawn, it's like, you know, your heart sinks like, oh, God, could it be that? And so, the you know, Wisconsin State Journal broke this morning, and the fear is it's a torn ACL in the right knee, uh, further Ooh. tests going on today. Damn. That, uh, that's what everybody was talking about. That's what Matt LaFleur was referring to. Uh, in the post-game presser, and uh, a lot of people were speculating, was it J.J. Anagbari, uh, as they nickname him, or was it Jair? Because uh, they were talking about him, too, and he went down with an ankle injury. But So it's Anagbari. Um Mike, uh, he's a rotation guy. It's not one of your key cogs, but I'll tell you this. I love the way the guy plays. He plays with a high motor, a high energy, and he's been one of the more short tacklers they've had. You give Rashawn Gary a blow, and you got you got J.J. to deal with. High energy, flies. You know, learning, yeah. but you know, smart kid, and Vasacha loves him on special teams. So that's another good special teams guy you're taking off. Uh, I don't know much about Brenton Cox. Uh, what I honestly, what I think of him, it's like, yeah, he was out there in the herd during training camp, but he's like the first guy they put on inactive week after week. So he's not had a lot of uh, experience, but you know, he'll be the body that'll be elevated when that goes against the 49ers Saturday night. 
So let's go back to Jair for a minute. Uh, give me your thoughts on his ankle because we saw him really kind of non-contact on that turf just go down. Well, we talked to him after the game. And, um, you know, they don't get into that. Uh, you know, they're just standing there and they're more than happy. And um, I'm, I'm, I would guess just my senses, my senses, is that you know, it's, it's the same ankle, you know, give it four or five days, let it come back. Maybe he's trying to be a little careful with it. And maybe he's in a lot of pain, you know, because it got tangled up again. But it's a weakened ankle to begin with. And so and <laughs> I think they were up by 30 points at the time. So that might change your mind, right. too, about going out for the, the, the final series. But, um, yeah, and we're, I'm flying today. Um, uh, and, you know, just – Dallas is, is just in a state of total confusion. I mean, they, they, they yeah. cannot believe that, that this thing slipped away. They cannot believe how much punch, you know, the, the, the young Packers team put up on them. And, and the other thing is that then you just start taking, you know, the step back to 50,000 feet and saying, you know, this is happening to Jerry Jones. You know, this is not Mike McCarthy. It's just, how many coaches do we, do we grind up that we're here for three, four, five, six years? And for whatever reason, we can't get to the next level. And, you know, what's, what's wrong with the organization? And so it may – I think it's going to be a while before Jerry emerges uh, from his dark, darkness retreat <laughs> to figure out <laughs> right. what, what he really needs to do with his team, you know. But, um, uh, you know, it, it looked like they – this you, you didn't think they were the number one team. Uh, but the, you know, there's, this is why they played the games. You know, as Boomer used to say, "Look at that game last night between the Buccaneers and the Eagles. Unbelievable!" Yeah, right. And 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 Jeff Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, aggressive guy who made his millions owning movie theaters, buys the team some time ago. He's there for the entire Andy Reid run and going through Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick and all that. And finally, he just decides that Andy Reid was burned out, so he goes through a couple more coaches after that. But Howie Roseman, he puts him back into the chair to be to build a, a, a roster, and they win a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson, Frank Reich at offensive coordinator, other guys with Nick Foles at quarterback. I mean, they, they, everything came together in all three phases, and they pull off an upset win over the Patriots when we were up there at the Mall of America for the week and, and, and up in Minneapolis. And then it all falls apart. The next thing you know, within a year or two, Doug Peterson is out of a job. And so now Lurie gets a Sirianni who takes them to the Super Bowl. And of all the coaches that they lose to, it's the guy he fired four or five years before. Right. And Reed with his you know, incredible quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. And they get outcoached and outplayed by the quarterback and lose the Super Bowl. And now they were 11-1. and one, And they go into this, they just go into this nosedive. And now that's a team that's a mess, and people are wondering if Lurie's going to fire the head coach again. So I, I don't yeah. know if that's always the solution, right? It's When you lose right. those coordinators, you know, Nick Sirianni lost his offensive coordinator as the head coach of the, of the Colts now. You, these guys lose coordinators, and ask Bill Belichick how that works out eventually. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. I thought if Bill came back to, to the New England Patriots, maybe – uh, they bring back uh, Josh uh, McDaniel, and he comes because they've had success with Mac Jones when McDaniel was the the, the offensive coordinator, and he was calling hey, the plays as opposed to Matt guess, Patricia and Bill O'Brien. Guess what about the Patriots? Now you've had Scott Pioli, who was like the longtime director of scouting 
on the Patriots, yep. on your show. Remember, he's such a yep. great guy, open guy. But, you know, he sort of took it as far as he could. They'd won three or four rings, and he goes out to the Chiefs. And they built that first good roster that they had, you know, just as Andy was taken over and Alex Smith at quarterback. But then there were some things that they had to shake up, and John Dorsey got fired. So then he went and worked for the Falcons. And I think he was with the Falcons when LaFleur was there with Dan Quinn, and they went to the Super Bowl. Because I remember seeing him in the press box, you know, and and saying hi because he'd been on your show. And he's very approachable. He's really good in the media now. Did you know that since Robert Kraft has owned the Patriots, they've never had a general manager? So all those roster decisions have pretty much been made by Bill and Robert and his sons. And so they go into Mac Jones. They don't develop him. They go through three offensive coordinators. Belichick ends up, like, publicly benching Mac Jones. The Krafts don't like the way that's handled. You know, and, and they don't have a good coordinator. And like you say, Josh McDaniels has left the building. So he's not there to develop the quarterback. And now, so you know who the top guy left in the office for the last four or five years of the Patriots scouting department is? Elliot Wolf. Oh, boy. And Elliot, was, he was answering to Bill. He, Bill wasn't answering to him. That's for damn sure. It, I mean, the, Mark Murphy had a decision. Elliot Wolf, Brian Gutekinds. Right. Look what he put. Yep. Mike, uh, the irony of the uh, long-reaching tentacles of the Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots, for sure. Hey, uh, before I let you go, so uh, you said it's going to be a while before Jerry makes any kind of a decision. Tell me, do do uh, Cowboys fans want McCarthy out? I don't think so. I think there's more of a feeling like, what's the deal with Jerry? I really do. Or it's also the heats on Dak Prescott. Did, did you know this, though? McCarthy changed since he got down to Dallas. But you know what? McCarthy was under the Packer way. And the Packer way is like you kind of joked. It's like, okay, they come out, they do the little press conferences, and then they disappear. You know, these guys won't come and just chat and, and have a good time with you on the radio. And anyway, even in their own radio network, they just don't do that. They're very strict. They're very straightforward. They're very buttoned down. Down here... You know that Jerry's on the radio once a week on the fan right. on Tuesday, right? Yep. So McCarthy does does those shows. You know, and I was talking to one of the guys that did the Mike McCarthy show, the TV show, and the questions that he had, and they built a trust and everything like that. And then he kind of shut that down because he was getting more busier and the pressure was growing to, to try and get the Packers and Aaron Rodgers back to a Super Bowl. But Mike McCarthy... Under Jerry Jones, they're very media-friendly. You know, they, they do interviews. And McCarthy has had these family days where the, the, the Cowboys, they, they can bring their families, you know, into the Saturday walkthrough, and you know, the kids are running around and hanging out. So he's made all those kinds of changes like LaFleur has done over the last five years where you see wives and kids hanging around at practice now all the time where they have family sections. And, you know, the Bucks do that when you're downstairs at the Bucks place. And, they, of course, you know – from Brewers, they've always done that, at least post-game, yeah. when you're out there outside the clubhouse and there's all the families and the kids waiting around. And, and so all the families know each other, right? All the wives know each other. The players know each other's wives. And it's got that family atmosphere. So that's one thing that Mike has done. But why that whole organization was not ready for this speedy, young, punch-you-in-the-mouth Green Bay Packers team is amazing. And on, the other thing, too, let's not feel so bad about Joe, ba- Joe Barry's performance against Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. I mean, that's a good team now. 
Yeah. You know, Baker Mayfield has finally settled down, and he's got some weapons. And and he they put on a show. They I mean they put a beat down on the Eagles last night in a playoff game, albeit at home in Tampa. But I thought the Eagles looked far worse last night than the Packers did against that team back in Week 15. Yeah, Mike, isn't it uh, ironic how far they've come? And I I remember you and I uh, crossing the causeway down in Miami when Jerry's yacht pulled in. Remember that? And we were like, I mean, that was like every boat in that harbor was dwarfed by when Jerry's yacht pulled in because Jerry was going to do everything from his yacht. And we were talking about him and Mike having pillow fights on the back deck and all that kind of stuff. And and seeing all of that, and uh, boy, how far that uh, that that twosome has fallen since then. Now it's, there's a lot of decisions to be made. It's funny you mentioned that because you know Bob Strum. He said on his afternoon show at Dallas yesterday, you know, you wonder if uh, Bill will be allowed to pull his yacht up right behind Jerry's when they hire Belichick. <laughs> as right, right. Mike, great stuff. Anything else? No, just headed back home. Uh, the the Packers are off today. Um, I always, as you know, so I can do our full reports, you know, after the game and talk to both teams and kind of figure out what's going on. So now we're leaving uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport here in a couple hours. I get up to Green Bay at 10 o'clock, and uh, they open the doors tomorrow morning where we'll, we'll uh, go to practice, probably a walk-through practice, talk a little floor, talk to the players, hopefully get some more information on Jai Alexander and that ankle and anything else that popped up coming out of the Cowboys game. And then it's a short week because, you know, we're leaving Friday, and we got a game Saturday night against the 49ers. Mike, great stuff. Uh, get safe. Uh, be safe getting back, and then we'll talk to you again this coming week, okay? Appreciate it, Bill. Thank you. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. Mike Clements chiming in uh, live in Dallas, uh, getting ready to hit the airport and uh, head on back, and then Mike will be heading out to San Fran on Friday covering the uh, the Packers and the 49ers live at uh, in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium coming up on Saturday night. We... As the it, it continues to spread, it continues to get bigger and better. We are going to be live in the Northwoods on Saturday night, a watch party, and then the Green and Gold Postgame Show. We are going to be live at Loopholes, Loopholes Bar and Grill, and I'm going to post it over on uh, all the social media platforms. You can follow us there. I already did over on uh, on X, but uh, we are really looking forward to it. We're taking the cameras with us, taking the entire setup, and uh, we'll have Mike in Santa Clara. We'll be getting your calls, your reaction and such immediately following the game. And then everybody that's in the Northwoods, whether you're heading up there this weekend or you're already there, you live in the Tomahawk area, the Manaqua area, Wausau, Stevens Point, whatever, we're going to be at loopholes coming up uh, just above Tomahawk this coming Saturday night. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I've heard so many good things about loopholes. And like I said, I wanted to go there during the fall ride, but it was so packed we couldn't get in. So uh, this is our opportunity to get there. So we're going to have an absolute blast. Going to be at Loopholes Pub and Grill coming up Saturday night for the uh, Green Bay and San Francisco watch party and then the Green and Gold Postgame show immediately following. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, make it, rock it. Welcome back. Good to have you. 
excited for today. Still got uh, time yet to go. Still got time going on. Welcome back to the program, The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Good to hear from Mike Clemens, who uh, chimes in and lets us know Angabari's season pretty much done as uh, they're just waiting for the confirmation on the torn, uh, unfortunate, the ACL. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, Brenton Cox is going to be the guy filling in. You've got uh, Lucas Van Ness, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, who's been playing much, much better. So uh, you lose a little depth and a special teams guy, which is unfortunate. Uh, and that's who uh, is J.J. And Mike, M- Mike Clements had that from the very beginning. When everybody else was kind of questioning who specifically is J.J. that Matt LaFleur is talking about, and it's J.J. Um, and Gabari, who is, uh, who's done with the knee injury. But, uh, but you're hoping that Jair is going to be able to go come, uh, come Saturday night. So we'll see. Does Packers the idea up. of more Lucas Van Ness excite you? He's had success. Um, so I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you just wonder if they're going to, you know, kind of rotate those three or if Cox is going to get more playing time behind Gary or what they're going to do. But, uh, you know, it, look, uh, Lucas Van Ness has kind of come on as of, you know, the two guys that really kind of come on is Van Ness and Devonte Wyatt, Devonte Wyatt. If you look at his grades over the last seven or eight games, he's been phenomenal. He has been uh, staunch against the run and he's been somewhat of a, a pressure guy too, when it comes to quarterback pressure. So. Uh, you know, it's like all of a sudden things are starting really to kind of bubble to the surface, maybe. We talked about this last week with Devontae Wyatt, because I think Joe Barry talked about him, and he's like, if he could just finish plays, he, he's got sacks and opportunities at sacks all over the place. He wins, right? Right at the snap. He gets by his guy and beats his block. It's a lot yeah. like if a wide receiver was really good at getting open, but hadn't right. really figured out the rest yet, like how to sit in a zone or how to catch the ball. Like he's got a very important skill in beating his block and getting into the backfield. I just want to see him continue to grow and, and get the quarterback on the ground here and there. Yep. No, I would agree with that. I, I it, Look, as long as they can get pressure on, uh, on you know, Brock Purdy, I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, they just – and going back to what Michael Silver said, look, you know, it could be weather. Uh, there could be talking about a little bit of rain, and which might bode well for the Packers since the Packers play in more weather than almost anybody. Uh, but th- then again, I mean, they got to be used to a little bit of rain out in San Francisco. It's San Francisco, for God's sakes. But if they can get some weather and then pressure and do it consistently throughout the game, which means to me, you know, it's, boy, you, you got to, don't you kind of feel like Joe Barry has to unload you know what I mean? He's got to like just unload the the kitchen sink. Well, you know what to be able to get to to be able to get to Brock Purdy. Not to interrupt you, but I was looking at this earlier, and I'm going to talk about this on my show tonight. the The last team that really got to Brock Purdy and, and really made him uncomfortable and beat the Niners was the Vikings. Remember that? The Vikings. Right. I looked up blitz percentage. You know which teams blitz most often. The Vikings are the number one team in the league. They blitz 51 percent of the time. Far and away the the most right. in football. Joe Barry and the Packers aren't too far behind. Uh, they're top third of the league, but they're 29%. So maybe that this is a week. Joe Barry's soft zone against Dak probably actually worked pretty well. This might be a weekend where you want to go for broke a little bit more. And why not? You're a 10-point right. underdog. Maybe you see Joe Barry do that a little bit. Yep. Yep. That uh, that might not be a bad way to go. Uh, I, I, I would love to see Joe Barry just unload. Just something like unlike we've seen, you know what I mean? Just unlike anything we've seen. So I, I would love to see that. I'd love to see Joe Barry just kind of take the bull by the horn and really get after it and get after Brock Purdy. 
we'll see what happens. Um, the uh, Todd says, uh, hey, guys, uh, I believe that Joe Barry will be out coached and the defense will be exposed. I don't want to say this, but I think the Packers are in for a whooping uh, against San Francisco this coming Saturday night. Uh, this one's from Will, who says it's a league of mediocrity, except San Francisco and Baltimore. Green Bay is set to grab who they need next. He's talking about coordinators, uh, by the way. Uh, I, he said, if I'm the Packers, I'm playing a 4-2-5 with your two backers, uh, Quay and the big safety, Preston and Rashawn Gary playing deep. Uh, and then John says, would like to see the special teams make a play or two. When's the last time they affected a game? In a positive way, I guess. Might be the better way to put it, right? When's the last time they affected a game in a really positive way? That's a good point. Uh, and then uh, real quick, uh, Mark says, uh, come rain or shine, hell or high water, we are going to be at the loophole bar in a Tomahawk. Can't wait to see you guys there. Hopefully the Packers get a win. But, hey, if they don't, they're playing with house money. We didn't expect them to be this far anyway. It'll be a hell of a night. Raise a glass to the Green Bay Packers and their season. Uh, looking forward to it. Like I said, we're going to be at the loophole, the loophole bar up in Tomahawk this coming weekend. It's uh, right there on uh, County Road L in Tomahawk, and we're, we're just uh, looking forward to the fun. Really, really are. I don't know when that thing opened. It just opened re- relatively recently, uh, within the last year, my assumption is, and uh, we're, we're just giddy to be going. Uh, first time in the Northwoods doing the program for, for anything. Now, I've done it uh, huddles there, but I've never done it out. We've always done it in the house that we stay at over on uh, Lake Nokomis. So this is going to be the first time out doing anything in the Northwoods, and I've already heard from our great affiliate up there uh, in Tomahawk as well. So they're excited to bring us. Uh, I'm already in contact with our friends from Point Brewing who may uh, send up uh, their promotions team to hang out with us. It's going to be a fun time. going to be a fun time coming up Saturday night as the Packers take on the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, late for a break. Got to get to it, then we'll come back. Got a lot more to get to. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Ma- Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels show rocking on 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, go ahead and do so again, 877-867-1670. Um, the, uh, by the way, uh, I did, somebody just called and talked about free cigars from nice ash. Okay. If you were there in the crowd, I was going to get you a cigar. Yes, a cigar, not a box. I know somebody called yesterday uh, saying I was. I promised boxes of cigars to people that were out there. No, I said, if you're there with us, a cigar, I'll buy you a victory cigar. And I, ha- I bought a box of cigars. So if you want a cigar, you were there. You were actually a face in the crowd at Nice Ash. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll get you one. I got a, I got a box of Brickhouse cigars. I'll get you one. No problem. If you were there, but you had to be there. Because I know there was a phone call made to, to Nice Ash 2 saying, hey, he promised us cigars. No, I said, I'll buy you a cigar if you were there with us. So I didn't renege. 
there was about 10, 15 people that uh, I, I handed cigars out to. So if you were there, I, and you, yeah, absolutely. And I remember the people that were there. We had a pretty good crowd. So if you were there and you didn't get one, I'm happy to get you one. Be more than happy to do it. More than happy to do it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, go ahead and do so. Uh, we got a lot more coming up. But we had uh, our buddy Mike Silver uh, from the San Francisco Chronicle here uh, in this hour. Coming up in the next hour, by the way, the next hour, uh, we're going to talk with Mike Sando of The Athletic. He writes a lot about quarterbacks and quarterback play, and we're going to talk with him about these two young quarterbacks facing off against one another uh, in San Francisco this coming weekend, as well as, really, I mean, when you look at the numbers, very similar numbers between Jordan Love and uh, the uh, brand-new rookie quarterback down in Houston as well. So we're going to get into all of that coming up here in just a little bit. But absolutely, we'll be, uh, be, be talking a lot more uh, about all of this. By the way, uh, when you look at the, the quarterback show, Jordan Love and uh, C.J. Stroud, nearly perfect passer ratings in their playoff debuts. Both of those guys, both of those guys played extremely well. The Packers, the first number seven seed to win a postseason game since the playoffs expanded in 2020. Up until that point, uh, number seven seeds had been 0-6. Uh, and also with the Steelers losing last night, they're 0-7. And uh, don't forget... Uh, the Dolphins, again, some of the streaks that uh, in the weekend notes, the Dolphins have now lost 10 consecutive games under 40 degrees. 10 consecutive games under 40 degrees. And then the NFC East, for the fifth time in the Super Bowl era, a division that sent multiple teams to the playoffs only to have both never hold a single lead the last time it happened the same two teams the cowboys and the eagles going back to 2021 and uh i know that uh the uh, uh atlanta falcons talking to bill belichick but everybody believes that bill belichick is being eyed by jerry and the dallas cowboys so we'll see it's pretty wild that the last four quarterbacks standing in the nfc are jordan love jared goff brock purdy baker mayfield I, right. I would not have predicted that at the beginning of the year. That seems wild. Nope. nope. I completely agree with you. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't see that coming. That's under the heading of didn't see that coming. So, uh, the only one that's got Super Bowl experience is Jared Goff. Jared Goff, the uh, the lone veteran when it comes to Super Bowl experience. He went with the the Rams years ago, uh, taking on uh, the Lions, taking on the Buccaneers, up in uh, Ford Field. I, in that game, by the way, that's the, uh, the, what is it? I think it's, is it the one o'clock or two o'clock game on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon? Do you find yourself in a way rooting for the Lions? Do you find yourself kind of rooting for a little bit for the Lions? I do. I, for two reasons. One, they're in the division, so you want the division represented. But I, 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 I just, you know, I've said all along, if it can't be the Packers, I'd like to see it be the Lions. As long as it's not, you know, the, the Vikings or the Bears, I'm good with that. Uh, and it's just been such a, a long amount of drought for the Lions and for what it is they've been, you know, trying to accomplish. Uh, they won a playoff game uh, since uh, the first – put it this way. The Lions won a playoff game, and prior to Sunday, that sentence had never been written on a smartphone. Think about that. It had never been written on a smartphone. First invented in November of 1992. So, 
It, man, it, not since 1992 have the Lions won a playoff game. And it's just their second, and I, I this is amazing, second since 1957. So I, and I find myself in a weird way. Uh, I'm hoping the Packers get there, and then I'm going to root for the Packers. But, um, yeah, if the Packers can't do it, I hope the Lions do. Just a weird scenario. I have no problem with the uh, Lions. I have no problem with the Bucks either. Like, this is a cool Baker Mayfield in this roster. That's a cool story, too. I, I think yeah. as long as it's not the Niners coming out of the NFC, I'll be, I'll be happy. Right? I'll be down with any of the other three teams, obviously the Packers included. Yeah. Hey, I, I didn't miss a break, did I? I got a little carried away. Uh, let me look at that. No, we're good. <laughs> we're, we're good. good. Okay. I, just I had a little panic attack like, there. I'm looking at the top of the hour. I'm like, holy crap, did we miss a break? Because every now and then I get talking and I forget about it and I got to remind myself. So, yeah. Um, by the way, so uh, we are coming to the Northwoods. We're going to be at the loop, uh, Loophole Bar coming up uh, on Saturday night. And uh, I, you know what? People are already asking me. I don't know if they take reservations. Get a hold, get a hold of the owners uh, up there. They're really good people. They've been kind of texting back and forth with me a little bit. Uh, but uh, get a hold of them, and uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that uh, if, uh, if Brian Brian is the owner up there, I'm sure if they do, Brian will get you set up. I'm sure if they do, Brian will get you set up. But we're coming, coming to the Northwoods. Another hour yet to go. Another good hour yet to go. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You got a book by the end of the month, zero percent for 36 months. Zero percent for 36 months. That's Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Whether it's and you know if you need windows and doors right now because you're probably cold inside. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. They're more economical. They add value to your home. Safety. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Another hour yet to go right after this.